us. Ho, oh, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Recording live from the Ziggurat in Omaha. Ah! It's THN cover to cover, our new bi weekly call in show where you run the show. You can call in for our Google voicemail at 402 819 4894 and leave a message. Or if we're sitting here and you call in, we're going to answer the damn phone. We can talk about anything that happened on last week's show, anything that happened in the news, anything that happened at all. Period. We can talk any nerd stuff you would like. We just got a call from our friend BS the three. He had no idea we'd be answering the phone. Yeah, but we weren't ready. <laughs> we were ready. We're like, call back, dude. <laughs> My name's Matt Baum. You can find me at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. Sitting across from me is the other head, Joe Patrick. Hey, what's up? What's our phone number again? It is 402-819-4894. You can also send us an MP3 to twoheadnerd at gmail. Well, I mean, not anymore. We're not checking for that shit. Well, not right now. But what I'm saying is... In the for future. Yeah. <laughs> Going forward, <laughs> you can send us... I a- mean, don't send us one and expect it to be on this show. It's too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com with your answer of the week. Or, like we said, anything you want to talk about from the past week. This is a live call-in show. And if you don't call in live, well, then we got to play messages. Joe Patrick, before we move on, why don't we refresh everybody with what was the question of the week? This week's question came from Crowdad Cody, who wanted to talk about... Big event tie-ins, such as your secret invasions, your fear itself, your <laughs> fear itself, accesses. <laughs> All right, your, your fears itself. I'm sorry, fears itself. <laughs> yeah, fears itself. <laughs> so yeah, tie-ins. You love them, you hate them. It's a hot button issue. Are some of them good? Some of them bad? Yeah, they all suck. You what hate you about them? What do you hate yeah, about? Yeah, you them? know. Let's get into you it. You get the gist. That's what we're doing here. We got our Google Hangout window open. We are ready to take some freaking calls, but no one's calling yet. So let's go to a voicemail. Okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's go to our buddy D Murray. See what he's got for us. Hey guys, it's D calling. I'm see you guys are going live right now. So I feel like you guys need a voicemail. Hey, welcome back. Love the, the new show. Listen to it currently. Took a break to give you guys a call. Um, my question for you is, I post a lot of questions on the forum. I post tons and tons of questions on the forums. We don't go and there. I want you guys to pick one question that I posted on there and answer it. Because you guys never do that on the forums, really. So, do it on the show. One more question I have is that a friendly chit-chat. Tell me what, what one answer you guys will get to a question that I posted out there. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. All right. iPad. What's that sound? We got an incoming call. Who could it be? Uh, let's find out. Hello, caller. You are on the air with THN. Cover to cover. Who the hell is this? Holy moly. This is Black Scorpion number three calling hey, from parts hey. unknown. That was good. You're pretending. How's it going, fellas? Yeah, I like how you pretended like, wait, yeah, we haven't done this yet. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so new to me. Yeah, I, I, I like the new website. I like the new format, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to hearing how color, cover to cover sounds. Awesome. Um, yeah, wonderful. the website's super sexy, right? We thank our buddy Max for that. Well, thank you, Mr. Max. Yeah. Uh, from wherever you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so, uh, I, I didn't know what all you guys wanted to rap about, but the, the release of Lego Batman had me kind of excited about things. And, uh, 
I just want to know uh, your, your take because uh, it's, it's bright, it's fun, it's animated, and that's how I view superhero movies. And I just want to know how you feel about that. Fair enough. Do you want to hear our take on the on the, like right now, or do you want to wait and listen on the show? Because you can stay on with us. Oh, it doesn't. Let's do it right oh, now. It doesn't matter to me. Let's wrap up Lego okay, Batman. Yeah. I didn't get to see it yet. Well, I haven't seen it yet either, but regardless, our take on it as far as, you know, an animated, happy, bright. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm all into it because yeah. the Lego Batman, uh, the Lego movie uh, from which this movie spins out, uh, that interpretation of Batman, the Will Arnett Batman is, fantastic. Uh, is magical. I love it. And it was just nothing but joy. I mean, just hilarious joy. And if anything needs an injection of humor and joy right now, I would say it is the DC movie universe because, oh my God, it is dark. <laughs> hey, how, how would you feel about more animated movies, uh, uh, superhero movies at the theater instead of the straight to video route? Wouldn't bother me at all. As long as they're good, wouldn't bother me. You know, I would love them. But there is a part of me that's like, yeah, but this movie doesn't really count because it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> almost rather. I would almost rather they just do it on TV. Like I, for me, the big thrill of comic book movies is the interconnected, like them trying to replicate the interconnected universe, right? On film, mm-hmm. and so for like, uh, so CW does it right now. They have mm-hmm. two cartoons. Uh, they have Vixen, and then they have a, an upcoming one of, of of all characters, the Ray. Uh, is getting his own cartoon. Ray's getting a huge push and all over the place. They are they are in canon in the CWDC universe, and it's like, but it's a cartoon. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it counts. <laughs> um, but that said, like I love cartoons, especially when they're well made. And I wish DC was um, paying as much attention to their animated properties as they were back when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> because I think they've kind of gone downhill, but. So Lego Batman, we're in animated stuff. We're kind of in, but yeah, I, I, yeah, awesome. I kind of, I'm kind of with Joe here. I think it needs to be in its own little animated universe. See, like I, for me, and you know, I'm just gonna keep talking because nobody else is calling right now. Sure. Like I love, I love cartoons for interpretations that I would not want in cinema or on TV or in yes. comics, right? Yes. Like Teen Titans Go, I love that show. Right. Even though I would hate it if that's what the Teen Titans were like in my comics all the time, right? Um, or if you were gonna if you were gonna delve into like the Jack Kirby stuff, you're not gonna do that on the big screen. It's just too bizarre. I mean, you got to save that cosmic crap for the cartoons. Hey, hey, uh, if you if you guys don't have callers, do you mind answering other questions? Please? Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. All right, so so I, I've been wondering about about uh, uh, Trump and, and his supervillain parallels because there's no superhero parallels, right? Not really. I, he's not like. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not Lex Luthor because Lex Luthor is smart. And then th- there's even like versions of him that have some aspirations for, for humanity rising up and stuff. Right. But, but I, I don't know what the proper supervillain parallel is. So I was just wondering what your input was. Need your reaction. I'm going to say mole man. <laughs> the mole man like Steve Bannon comes tearing through the street like and he's on Steve's back and he's like bow before me beauty human See, and, and I and I think it's more like a like a like a Quato situation oh gross <laughs> Quato was a good guy Quato you're right Quato was a good Quato's guy a good guy he was gross disparage Quato's um, name but I did see I did see a perfect piece of fan art uh, that I think summed up my feelings 100% completely, and that was 
uh, Trump as the giant robotic body that Krang the evil brain rides around in. Oh. And so uh, Krang, yeah. Krang had Bannon's face, right. and then the giant robot body had Trump's face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, oh, that's it. perfect. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, I, that that was such a genius piece of art. I, <laughs> uh, man, I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> PS3, thank you so much for your call, buddy. It was great to talk to you. Uh, thank you, fellas. Yeah. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. See you, buddy. That was great. Our first live caller. Our first live caller. And it didn't break the show. No, it was BS3. Now we got to go. We got to pick a question. So before BS3 so rudely interrupted D, he wanted us to go to the forums, pick one of his questions. He posed a bunch of interesting, heady questions for the nerds over the THN forums. You can find them by going to twitternerd.com and clicking the forum button. You should join. It's awesome. We are on it right now. And D asked, who is your favorite slash greatest Team leader. You know, he said of any medium, I'm going to keep it in comics. Yeah, sure. Let's keep it in comics. Sure. You want to go first? You go ahead. My favorite team leader? For a long time, it was Cyclops. Nah, that guy's an asshole. Uh, I mean, he is now, but for a long Sorry, time. Sorry, Kevin. It was Cyclops leading the X-Men. I, I loved him, but yeah, and anymore, that's kind of poisoned to that well. My favorite team leader is Night Thrasher. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> no. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean... So if I'm thinking about Marvel Comics, it's hard not to just say Captain America. Yeah. Captain America is my favorite team leader. It's very hard. When Captain America is not leading the Avengers, I think the Avengers are somehow less uh, special. Yeah. <laughs> um, for DC, you know, I kind of like it when it bounces around. You know, uh, Nightwing leading the Titans is super awesome. Tim Drake, yeah. uh, Tim Drake leading the the more modern version of the Teen Titans. Yeah. I really loved that. Justice League, I don't always look at Superman as the leader. I think, uh, oddly enough, I think that the Justice League, they seem to, I don't really remember reading any stories where somebody's like barking out commands like Captain America does when they're in, when the Avengers are in the field, yeah, you know what I'm saying? but it was kind of like the Martian Manhunter kind of did that. Well, he like coordinated them like right. tele- telepathically or whatever. But yeah, I, I'm saying my favorite team leader at DC is probably Tim Drake. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the like Jeff Johns era, Teen Titans, I just I love that run. I love him as leader. I loved that the older characters uh, that were around Starfire and Cyborg and Beast Boy and all those guys trusted him to lead the team. Uh, and at Marvel, it's got to be Captain America. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to say Cap at Marvel. I also love Jimmy Woo when he was running the Agents of Atlas. Oh, that's fun. He yes. was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> He was one of my favorites because he was super sneaky. Um, Man, I think I got to go. When I think team leader, even though I would say the team is completely ineffective and always screwed things up <laughs> every single time and seems to become a bigger problem than they ever help, I think of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I go to Nick Fury. I loved Nick Fury running S.H.I.E.L.D. Cigar chomping Nick Fury back in the day. God, I loved him. Yeah. And they've gotten really far away from that. And I would argue Nick Fury crashed less less helicarriers than Maria Hill ever has. <laughs> and Nick Fury led S.H.I.E.L.D. for, God, years and years and years. Well, and Maria Hill's always getting in trouble. She crashed a helicarrier every month. <laughs> I think it was ridiculous. I mean, it's a lot of... It's a lot of taxpayer dollars, to be sure. Yeah. To so be I'm sure. I'm Nick Fury over at Marvel. DC, I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know who my favorite team leader is. Um, but just like all around team leader, there's this like young Matt Bomb that loves Optimus Prime so much and just thought 
He was the best <laughs> dude in the sure. world. He was the Transformers Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah God, for sure. Love Optimus Prime. I mean, like, I, I, f- I have similar feelings about Duke and G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. You know? See, I always liked Flint better. I know. I was Fl- no a Flint way. guy. No way. Yeah, Flint nah. didn't, he didn't always put up with Duke's, you know, Boy Scout bullshit. No way. He understood. Sometimes you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. When Duke took that snake spear in the chest in, in G.I. Joe the movie, oh, yeah. I was legit upset. Look, I'm not saying it didn't bother me, but, you know. D, that's a great question. There's lots of great questions by D on the forums. Um, I did notice in one that he was worried that the forums were going away because of all the no. upheaval. We just remodeled the website, D. The forums are immortal. The forums will always be here. I am on the forums right now, posting stuff. Matt's posting right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna try to we're gonna try to be more active. It's it's uh it's been busy. We're done making excuses though. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. Thanks, D. That was awesome. Let's go to the MP3s for a minute, shall we? Mr. Randy Andrews. Those of you who know him love him. Those of you who don't, prepare to fall in love. Week. Greetings, Joe and Matt. This is Randy Andrews emailing in for the question of the week. This week you asked about the comic event tie-ins. This subject really frustrates me. I don't know why uh, there are so many event comics that make you buy other comics that you're not already reading. Um, It's just the most frustrating thing that exists in the comic world. I think if they're going to do a event comic, they should keep it within the same series and not draw in other comics to that same series uh, because it distorts all the, t- all the other titles. In saying so, though, I'd say Spider-Man 2099 with the tie-ins with Civil War 2 didn't really tie in with the story that it told. Yeah, that's how it goes. So, honestly, 2099 is probably... Still, going strong, it's kept the series running on its own, and it's really taken off by, you know, leaps and bounds. So that's it this week, guys. Missed you guys, and looking forward to listening to more. Currently, I've joined the Podcast Arcade Network, and my podcast is going strong at SoundtrackAlley.Podbean.com or iTunes. And uh, I recently had Joe Patrick on my show. That guy? It's true. So I've got, a, I've got a great new look, so you have to check it out. See you next time. Bye for now. I would not bank on that ratings bump for the Joe Patrick name. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's, washed, <laughs> he's washed up. Yeah, if you got him a few months ago. I mean, his hot. podcast went away for like two months. Yeah, I mean, really, his stock has dropped. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let me tell you. I miss Randy's calls every week. I do. And not having any music in them is a real bummer, but that's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, you know. Randy uh, brought up some stuff that we talked about with tie-ins. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. He's, he's saying tie-ins should not interrupt the flow of your normal monthly comics. Agreed. That said, sometimes when they do, they don't actually feel like they tie in. At all. So what's the point? Yeah. The point is they need to make that fat cash. Well, now... Here's the other thing, though. There, there's an argument for that as well, though, and it's the issues where they come to the writer and they go, "Look, you got to tie into this thing. We don't care how you do it." And so he tells the story. He or she tells the story they were telling in the book, 
And then the last page, they like look up and like, oh, there's that explosion that happened in Spider-Man that's causing all this crap. <laughs> you right. know? Like, um, I'm okay with that. The, you know? the, the most infamous. That's fine with me. Yeah. The most infamous example of this was during Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it became like an industry joke um, where uh, things were happening on Earth and the skies were all red and full of lightning yeah. and strange phenomena. And every comic in the DC line, whether it made any sense or not, Swamp Thing, was branded with a crisis yes. tie-in. Yes. And many of them, at most, just had like red skies in the background and characters going, huh, the weather's certainly uh, <laughs> yeah. acting up. Anyway, what were we doing? Uh, and yeah, for a long time, that was like the industry joke, like the red sky crossover, where it's like basically a worthless crossover issue. And now it's almost like the standard. It's almost the standard for there to be an, an event tie-in in a book and the book to kind of ignore it. <laughs> so, yeah. Randy, thanks for your call. Great to hear from you. So great to be on your show. Everybody check it out. Soundtrack Alley. It is on iTunes. It was a delightful experience. Oh, is it up right now? Is your episode uh, up? I don't think it's up yet, but you should check out Randy's show and my episode should be up in the next week or cool. so. I think. Get your button gear, Randrew. Come on, man. He's got a schedule. Hey, I don't care. Get this stuff edited. We want to hear Joe Patrick squeaking on the radio somewhere else. All right, all right, all right. We got another call. I have no idea who it is. Let's find out. Here we go. Here we go. Caller, you are on THN Cover to Cover Live with Joe and Matt. Who the hell is this? Justin O'Connor. Holy shit, I'm on. Justin O'Connor, you made it onto the internet. You're famous. <laughs> oh, good. That's all I ever wanted. Yeah, prepare to have tons going, of nerd guys? sex. Hey, huh? hey. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I don't know if we can back up those promises, but Matt's willing. No, I'm just saying the nerds will come out of the woodwork to have sex with him. Not necessarily we're going to have a bunch of sex with him. Oh. He's famous. Now. Well, I got... Guys, I've got a I got a photo studio set up in my basement right now, and I'm all ready to take some nude photos. Perfect. If you guys ever want to come over? Perfect. Sweet. Yeah, uh, we need some new headshots. What do you want to talk about today, Justin? Nothing. I was calling to say hi. Oh, take right. care, guys. <laughs> right on. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, <Bye>. buddy. <laughs> Justin O'Connor, just calling and say hey. What a guy. And offering Omaha's to, own. And offering to take naked pictures of us. That's great. Someone's got to. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Got another MP3 here from the sweetest kid living in New York. Anthony currently presiding in Brooklyn. Love this guy. He says, welcome back, you fuzzy bastards. He already left us a voicemail. No, that vo that voicemail was when we were still on. High that was cute. But this, this is, is his uh, actual. this is a question. I think he's hitting us with. Hey, fellas. Welcome back. Anthony. It's Anthony currently presiding in Brooklyn. And I miss you. I missed you guys. Aww. I totally want to say something more profound and heartwarming than I missed you, but that's what I got because I really did. Oh, wait, hold on. Actually, no, I am being profound and heartwarming with my money. That's right, listeners. I am a proud patron of the Two Headed Nerd podcast. Listen, this guy's Join for up, us. support the show. Hey, Joe's actually, he's going to draw me the entire Justice League. Wow. I'm you get kidding. one character, Anthony. <laughs> I'm kidding, Joey. Don't worry. Anyway, um, uh, I have a question for you guys. I mean, the question of the week is easy for me to answer. They've never bothered me tie-ins ever because uh, chances are I was reading the event anyway. So the fact that it trickled into my monthly books never once bothered me because you know, that's what happens when you're in a shared universe. But the question I have for you is recently, uh, uh, CBR posted a top 15 DC animated films. And I believe this is solely just their DVD releases because Batman Mask of the Phantasm isn't on here and that's a masterpiece. But anyway, um, what is unclear to me 
is the order they put them in. I feel like the number one is their number one, which I think is, is not right. Well, maybe it's right for them. I shouldn't judge, but I just don't, it's not, it's not, I can't, I can't be number one anyway. Uh, so my question is, I mean, if, did you see, did you see the list? I'm going to link it in my, uh, uh, email. If you want to check it out, I don't know if that's something you want to do on the show, but since the show is now mine, uh, cause you said that on your last show, it's true. Hey, call in the show is yours. And I'm like, the show is mine. And then you're like, the show is yours. And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Well, you're paying so, for it. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the list? And what is your favorite DC animated film? All right. That's it. Take care guys. Bye. He does. In fact, own the show yeah he pays um, 20 bucks a month for it he's a wielder of the power cosmic you can do that too go to our patreon page thank you i mean like several people oh it's so uh, cool like it's not it can't just be no 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 shh, shh. Oh. don't tell them it's yours too josh <laughs> it's yours too josh <laughs> so let's go to the list uh so here's the up? here's the list yeah uh okay. so i'm just gonna read them down real quick all right 15 we don't have to read all 15 of them let's, let's read the top five okay yeah okay, we'll start with number five Justice League, Crisis on Two Earths. Okay. I thought that one was fine. A thing is, I haven't seen them all. Number four, Justice League Doom, which I think is uh, supposed to be a, an adaptation of Mark Waid's Tower of Babel. Sort of. It was sort of that. Yeah. Uh, number three is the Flashpoint movie, which I heard is actually really good. Yeah, I did not see that one yet, but I've heard it's good. I have it. I have it downloaded. Under the Red Hood was good. Under the Red Hood is number two. I Batman like one. Year One is number one. Um, I have not seen, I, the only one on this list that I've actually seen is under the red hood. Seriously? Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I watch these whenever they come out. I see. I, I, I they've just gotten worse and worse. Like I watched, have I watched them worse. when they were first starting to do yeah. them. They've got definitely gotten worse. The year um, Batman year one was good. I really did. I just, like haven't, that one. I just haven't gotten around to it. It was really good. And I think it was one of the best looking animated ones they've done. It was not, again, it was not a direct adaptation, yeah. but it was a lot closer than most of these. Um, I did really like Under the Red Hood. I'm, I mean, I'm not just picking it because it it's the great. only one I've seen. I did legit great. enjoy it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris plays Nightwing. Is that right? And he's great. He either plays Nightwing or Jason Todd, but now I feel dumb for not being able to remember. Well, you know who knows? Our friend Google. You keep talking. <laughs> Um, but I really like that one, I, and I'm calling bullshit on um, Mask of the Phantasm not counting. I know it's not one of the directed yeah. DVD releases, but if you ask me what is my favorite DC animated movie, the answer is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And if uh, you say it doesn't count, then you can eat it, because it does. Uh, man, Under the Red Hood had an all-star lineup. Jensen Eccles? From Supernatural. Oh, did he play Jason Todd? No, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Just settle down. Cast. Uh, Jensen Eccles was Jason Todd. Why did you say Harris, no? Yes. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris was Nightwing. Yeah. There you go. Um, and um, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. And that Bruce carried Wayne. over to the Young Justice cartoon. Yeah. Bruce Greenwood played Batman. I love uh, his voice as Batman. Yeah. He's very good at yeah. Batman. He like an older, kind of an older Batman. Yeah. You know? Uh. Yeah, I I love uh, John DiMaggio plays the Joker. Yes, and DiMaggio is really good as yeah. the Joker. I mean, if you can't get Mark Hamill, you might as well get John DiMaggio. I mean, I guess of the new school ones, I'm going to say that I probably agree with the year one. That one was really good. So going back beyond um, just the top five, I have seen Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, which was okay. Um, I, I didn't like it. The Green Lantern movie I saw and that was okay. It was fine. But that was one of the first ones. That was yeah. like the second one. It was fine. 
The Wonder Woman movie I heard was decent. I didn't see it though. I've not seen Wonder Woman. I've got that one downloaded. I've not seen it. Justice League versus Teen Titans. That was not good. There uh, was another Son re- of Batman. There was another real recent Batman one with a Suicide Squad in it. It was terrible. Oh God, it was terrible. Uh, I know the guy that wrote it. <laughs> so who? Uh, Heath Corson, who is uh, uh, a gent that I've talked to on a number of occasions. He's huh. uh, his. Uh, I believe his wife is from Omaha, and so he oh. has visited the shop. And okay, yeah, well, he's super Heath's nice. Dude. He wrote. Uh, Heath Corson also also writes uh, wrote the Bizarro, um, the little Bizarro mini from a couple years back. That was that pretty was good. Wonderful. Yeah. See, that was great. I I don't know. It just wasn't good. People. Write well, we don't like the, the current Suicide Squad, yeah. so we're bi- a little a little bit biased. Superman Doomsday, I think I saw, and that one was eh. yeah. They try to do too much too fast. I think that's what's the, the main problem with a lot of these is they try and take a big storyline and compress it into like a 45 minute cartoon. Right. And like, okay. like all star Superman. So these movies are just, typically like 70 minutes. Yeah. Why aren't they two full hours? At no, least why, two full hours. Why the fuck not. You're putting on a DVD. You've got the room. I mean, just do it. I understand it costs a lot of time and effort to make these cartoons, but you're doing the material a disservice Yeah, when you just mash it in there yeah. like that. Good question, though. Thank you, Anthony. And thanks again for backing the show on Patreon. That is so awesome. And we love you so much more now that you give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Randall hits us. Call him from down under. He says he hopes this works. He's got a new phone and it's a bit dodgy. New phone. Who dis? G'day, Joe. G'day, Matt. It's Jimmy Randall here again, sending in an MP3 for the question of the week and just uh, have a bit of a chat about cover to cover. So first thing I want to get out of the way is just say it's really bloody good to have you guys back. I miss the weekly podcast and it's just an absolute pleasure to have your voices in my ear holes once again. So welcome back. So event tie-ins, I mean, basic answer, I'm pretty sure just like everyone else, if they're done well, they're great. If they're not done well, they suck. Uh, I mean, pretty basic answer. Lately, though, I mean, hell, it just seems like every single thing is a tie-in with with Marvel. I think ever, as far as I'm concerned, ever since uh, Fear itself came out all those years back, they've just been doing tie-in after tie-in after tie-in, and it's just a bit too much. I mean, that's why I'm, the only Marvel book I'm reading at the moment is Moon Knight because it's abs- got absolutely nothing to do with any of this, uh, you know, Inhumans versus X-Men bullshit, like, it just stands alone, which is fantastic. And as we all know, of course, DC absolutely crush it. It doesn't matter if they're doing a tie-in or not. Um, I pretty much enjoy every single book they're producing at the moment. So there's my answer. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Uh, hope you like that answer. I've just got a quick little thing to throw in as well. If this is cover to cover and we can discuss things other than the question of the week. Right on. Uh, question to you, Joe. Question to you, Matt. And also to the listeners. Who's playing Overwatch? Is anyone playing Overwatch? I I'm am addicted to that game. I love that um, game. So let me know. I'm on PS4. If anyone oh. wants to play a game or two, just uh, hit me up, I guess. All right. Well, that there we go. Uh, good to have you back. Jimmy out. Jimmy, we're X-Bone guys. I'm we're sorry. We're X-Boners. Yeah. Yeah. I do love Overwatch, though. I, I don't have it yet. I've heard it's fantastic. Soldier 76 is my dude. As soon as it goes on sale, I'll probably download it and play it. Yeah. Um... I really like I don't this is not a, a brag at all because there are people that are so 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 much better than me at this game. Oh, it's a humble brag. No, no, no. I'm humble not, brag. No, no, no. It's not a humble brag. <laughs> I'm saying like I am I am very confident. Like I feel like I do a very decent job when I play Soldier Soldier 76. Whenever I try to choose literally any other character, 
I am a hot mess. <laughs> and and it's not because I'm not familiar with them, because I've I've tried them dozens and dozens of times, but for some reason, the only character that I can actually figure out how to use effectively is Soldier 76. Okay. Yeah. All Matt right. doesn't understand any of those words because yeah. he hasn't played the game. I don't play it. I've been playing The Witcher 3. And God, it's wonderful. <sighs> but yeah. You don't even need any other games if you're playing The Witcher 3. I do love Overwatch, like to the detriment of other games that I've purchased. Where Fair it's like, a oh, new game came out. Yes. Oh, but Overwatch. <laughs> so the only book Jimmy's reading from Marvel right now is Moon Knight because it has nothing to do with, as he said, this is this X-Men versus Inhumans crap that nobody cares about. And yeah. you know what? He's right. We make a lot of pronunciations on this show. We said nobody cares about the Inhumans. No one's going to care about this. Look at their sales numbers in the toilet for that crap. And you know who's kicking ass? DC. They have taken over the top 10. Well, okay. So it's funny you bring that up because there are some things starting to come out now about how successful Rebirth actually is. Um, The numbers initially, yes, I'm sure were very, very high. But now that the returns are starting to roll in. It's looking um, a little bit more dire, not dire, but less impressive, shall we say. Okay. Um, to the tune of DC basically being where they were pre-rebirth. Pre-birth? Pre-birth. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I mean, nobody really knows. Like, I don't think they're ever going to reveal like exactly how much product was returned. Right. But yeah, the returns were substantial. Substantial. So, uh, whenever you, whenever you crow about DC's success, just bear that in mind. Okay. But fair enough. I'm just saying December, there's top 300 comics, actual December, right? 2016. That's the latest number we have. Uh, January will come out probably this week. Number one, justice league suicide squad. Number two, IVX. Number three, dark Knight. Dark Knight three master race. Number seven, number four, Batman 12, number five, Batman 13. And then it goes Civil War, Star Wars, Star Wars, Hulk number one, and then All-Star Batman. I mean... So about 50-50. Yeah. Still. God, who cares about Dark Knight, the Master Race? Not me. Jesus. I only read the first two. Why are there seven issues? I think there's going to be eight. (laughs) God. Um, So, I mean, that's good, though, because only the first six Rebirth issues are returnable. Yeah. So So if... This is outside of that. If half the top ten is, is... Still packed with DC books. Yeah. Oh, two, three of them are Batman books. Right. Still. Yeah. I mean, I think DC is better than they've been in literally years. Most definitely. So, Most definitely. Sales schmales, I say, as long as the books are good, I'm happy. Yeah. I just hope that they don't see, you know, things settling down to, you know, a bad place and then jerk their knees in the other direction. Again. Right. Definitely. Thank you so much for your call from Down Under, Jimmy. Always good to hear from you, buddy. Now let's roll over to the THN master of coin. Yeah, he writes, uh, things are busy down in the vaults of the ziggurat due to the relaunch, but I recently brought in some moloids to work as unpaid interns. As long as he's not paying them, I'm fine with it. They're trying their best, but they don't seem to know much about finance. No, they're idiots. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Parker Industries is the big thing right now, and everybody wants to invest. But we all know at some point, Peter Parker is just going to bring it belly up, and he's going to go bankrupt. You've got to get rid of your stocks. Now, oh, hello. Uh, this is Lord <laughs> Steven, Master of Coin, with my answer to the rebirth question of the week. So, event tie-ins. I have mixed feelings about them. My biggest complaint is that they interrupt stories taking place in books that I'm already reading, and it throws these comics off course, and it can take months for them to get back into the stride of things. Uh, there's always often often there are also often series where I'm c- 
kind of enjoying, but I'm not completely sold on yet. And then if an event comes in and just interrupts everything, I almost always drop them, which is the case recently with Captain Marvel and Spider-Man when Civil War II happened. On the other hand, when I look back at past crossovers, I often find that the tie-ins are a sole redeeming factor of events. Axis, for instance, which we all agree is pretty much universally hated, gave really great tie-in issues with Loki, Agent of Asgard, and the Carnage series is the only time I've ever liked that character. Uh, Fear itself, which was another dull and forgettable event, brought the start of Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery series, which is my all-time favorite Marvel run. So as much as I tend to despise events, I know from past experience that even the worst of the lot can bring a great story when it's in the right hands. So that's my answer. What? No, Brexit is not going to impact the Latvian Frank. Doom is not even a member of the... Uh, Steven is also very busy with his uh, comic book stock portfolio show. Uh, he's sort of our Jim Cramer, if you will. But he's not as annoying, and I don't want to kill him. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> uh, so Steven on the forums posted And I did not just threaten Jim Cramer's life on the air. That's not yeah, what I mean, but Yeah, I mean, if you want to tell him that, we, we'll yeah, see him. I would fucking kill that We'll guy. cash him outside, <laughs> as they say. Uh, Steven posted something on the forums to accompany his call... The official Lord Stephen approved list of event tie-ins to recent events. Oh. Colon. Secret Wars. Uh, Marvel Zombies by Cy Spurrier. Old Man Logan by Bendis. Siege by Kieran Gillen. Siege was good. Where Monsters Dwell by Garth Ennis, which was barely Secret Wars tie-in. Yeah. I agree. All of those were excellent. Uh, Axis, he said Carnage and Loki. Uh, Original Sin Zero was the only redeeming tie-in to Original Sin. That one was written by Mark Wade. Yeah. That was really uh, good. For Age of Ultron, the same deal. Age of Ultron 10 AI was by Mark Wade. It was the like the it was the issue that was all about Hank Pym, like what was going on with Hank Pym. Oh yeah. That was fantastic. Uh for Fear Itself, Avengers Academy by Christos Gage and Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen. Uh the Loki one shot for Siege, the only good tie-in for Siege. I totally disagree. The Guardians of the Galaxy tie-in for Siege was awesome. No, Guardians of the Galaxy was not going when Siege occurred. Oh, wait a minute. No, I was thinking of um Civil War, where okay. they were putting the when they were putting everybody in the prison in Dimension Forty Two or whatever. Oh right, or the prison the 42. original the, yeah. the Abnett Landing Guard. in the negative zone. Yes, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And Jack Flag and a couple of the Guardians held off. The yeah, yeah, right. Annihilation Blastar. wave. Yeah, right. And Blastar, man, that was great. Uh, and then he says, for convergence, the the best convergence uh, tie-ins. Convergence, right? Convergence <laughs> tie-ins were Justice Society of America. The question uh, that was by Dan Abnett. The question by Greg Rucka. That was great. And Shazam by Jeff Parker. One hundred percent in yeah. agreement. Those were. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also liked the Superman one because it brought back Superman and Lois. But yeah, that's a good list. That's exactly why I can't write off tie-ins because, like, I'm a huge Daredevil guy. Love Daredevil. My favorite Daredevil storyline of all time was Anna Senti and John Romita Jr. Inferno. And it was the Inferno storyline where Daredevil was like. Grave, gravely injured, pulls himself out of his hospital bed and just goes and fights demons all over New York. Doesn't say a word. He's just silently fighting him. It is amazing. I love that storyline. And that was a dumb tie-in. Now, I will say Inferno was another one that, man, that was all over the Marvel U. Everybody yeah. had an Inferno tie-in. But I, I also don't remember any... Actually, no. I'm sorry. It was just like the New York heroes had all the, in, the Inferno Yeah, right. Yeah. Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, the right. Avengers... Um, I also don't remember any Inferno tie-ins not actually dealing with Inferno. Yeah. Like, in Spider-Man, elevators were eating people. Right. You know, that's like my one... 
vivid memory of Inferno tie-ins is that elevator eating a guy drawn by Todd McFarlane. Well, that's the other thing you got. I think that makes those tie-ins successful. If you are going to interrupt the storyline for this tie-in, yes, if something like Inferno happens, then Spider-Man's going to stop what he's doing and go, holy crap, there's demons everywhere, you know? I mean, really, even if they just, even if they don't interrupt what they're doing, but they acknowledge it in a more, in a more substantial way than, oh, Red Skies, you know? Yeah, because it's like, this is the end of the world. That addresses, yes, you're going to acknowledge that. That addresses, like, the number one, one of the number one arguments that you and I have had over the last 20 years, and that's like, well, if Asgard's hovering over New York, how come Spider-Man doesn't, mention in every five right. minutes like look up and be like god asgard's still there blocking out the sun it's because <laughs> it's because every storyline every six issues of a storyline we get occurs over the span of like 10 hours I in know. the day of these I people's know. lives regardless there's big things that you have to acknowledge if it's going to be a tie-in make it a fucking tie-in that's all i'm saying Thank you so much for your call, Stephen. We appreciate your work shoveling all the uh, doubloons that we keep throwing down the money chute. Yep. <laughs> you and the yep. Moloids down there. We uh, we uh, we transfer everything into into coin form. Yes. Once we get it. Into gold, because we're crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the only thing you can trust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? You can't yeah. trust paper money anymore. Where's it come from? Look, 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 look. Enough of this. Don't I- take it from me. Take it from Glenn Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been a couple months, guys. Yeah. And I just want to prepare you for what's about to happen. Oh, settle down. Miss this. I just want you to know it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you may have forgotten. Yeah. You may have forgotten what it's like. Yeah. You may have forgotten the gentle embrace of the orca. Just open your heart. Welcome Spread back. Spread your Joseph. butt cheeks and Welcome let it. Welcome back, fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Matthew. I'm just taking this new beeping policy for a spin. <laughs> the answer to your question is simple. Tie-ins are fine. Sometimes even good. If, and this is mandatory, they're not embedded into a regular ongoing series. Don't fuck up another story to promote your silly event, and don't trick me into reading Inhumans for fear of missing part of Secret Wars. Write good ones. Use them as part of your underhanded shelf space domination scheme if you have to. And then in this day and age, I'll hear the buzz and I'll seek it out, like I did on Thor's. Now, on to something more positive. My last episode of Take the Money and, well, I won't even finish the title in case that greedy prick Steve Miller's listening. <laughs> anyway, I declared that the comic market was getting tired. It might not be dead, but it's on life support. I'm tired of writing by it. You're tired of listening to it. So I did some thinking and decided that the THN Rebirth is a chance for me to do something new. You see, Joseph and Matt are very well connected in the comics community. So I thought I'd put those connections to good use. I asked them, if I wrote to different famous folk in comics, could they then forward these MP3 postcards, for lack of a better term, to the selected recipients? They agreed, so long as they could play them on the show. Fair enough. So next week we debut Postcards from the Orca. Give me a try, and give me some feedback on the next THN cover to cover. Listen to my desperate plea to Robert Kirkman and which character of his I don't want to see die. Till then, kiss, kiss, nerds. I love it. We gave him free reign. We were like, look, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. And I came up with the name Postcards from the Orca. But I love that idea. Don't ruin the illusion, Matt. We're going we're gonna to read his desperate cries <laughs> to Robert Kirkman not to kill certain characters. I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be 
awesome. Sort of like that uh, Letters from a Nut. Did you ever read that? Jerry Seinfeld uh, no. wrote the intro to it. It was a buddy of his, was a comedy writer that just wrote all these bizarre letters to like hotels about how he was a midget <laughs> and he needed special furniture when he was oh going in. <laughs> so, or like he left his antique sword in a McDonald's bathroom. <laughs> fantastic. So like the orca said, you can check that out every, uh, the third episode yep. of every month next week. Yes. The orca postcards from the orca. Get ready kids. And he's right. He ain't believing it no more. So Oof. yikes. Could be something. Jimmy Ketnerd writes us. He said he's going to try and call in and celebrate the first cover to cover show. But in case it doesn't work, I figured I'd send in a classic MP3. We love this guy. Hey, Joe and Matt. Welcome back. Kettner here. Holy crap, event tie-ins. Honestly, even saying those words conjures so much built-up bile and disgust that my first instinct is to just say, give them all the shove. More often than not, they gum up the works of stories and characters that I enjoy. I feel like this is common sense, but if a tie-in story doesn't uh, put your main book or character in a better place, if the event can't help the writer tell the story that they're telling, then don't do a fucking tie-in. I mean, like I said, common sense, but I'm not a mainstream comics editor. But Civil War II, the, the, this latest fucking mess, like it caused me to drop so many Marvel books, even ones like Miss Marvel that I was really enjoying. And I know I'll get back to it, but that it really stinks to, to feel so put out uh, by by these events. I have to struggle to remember when I was so thoroughly pleased with an event or event tie in book or if I could figure out a way that they just could not be so obnoxious. Here's what I got. If you want to use a character to sell your books, create a separate mini or one shot like what this Monsters of the Leash stuff is doing now. That way, people like me who don't give a shit don't feel compelled to pick it up. Personally, I really wish Marvel would go back to running their events through the summer annuals, like the Atlantis Attacks days. Yeah! Or if an event must include a main title, keep it to one issue. Like, I don't care if your event is eight issues long and it takes 12 months for them to come out. Don't mire the main books with that other story for too long. Save that tie-in for release right before the end of the event and make it one story that really counts. Anyways, guys, that's what I got. Um, if you want to hear more from me, you can check out my podcasts, Galacticus, which is back from hiatus soon, and uh, Adult Crash. And of course, you can check out my comics and illustrations at ketnerd.com. Later, guys. He's a talented guy. Go check it out. Jimmy Ketnerd. We love hearing from that guy. He used to send in awesome mp3s with all kinds of great punk rock music in it that was before uh the apple police put guns to our head and told us to knock it off yeah 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 which is one interpretation of the story the other one is we felt like doing the right thing <laughs> Eat it. i mean to be honest we don't actually know that that was the problem because they don't tell you they just they just kick you off and don't tell you why uh, yeah pretty much so he brings up another good point uh i used to love when they would do the tie-ins as the annuals well, and they weren't tie-ins. They were its own event. Right. It was an event that just went through the right, annuals. Yeah. And it was so much cooler than any of the annual crap we get now. Remember, annuals oh, yeah. used to mean something. Like, I, I avoid annuals like yeah. a plague now. Who buys annuals anymore? Right. Raise your hand if you're out there. Who buys annuals? They're terrible. I, I loved I loved those uh, those years when they did, you know, it would be like Atlantis attacks ran through all the annuals one year. Right. And then in another year... Um, they did four part stories 
that were done between four different annuals. So mm-hmm. you had uh, um, the Vibranium Vendetta or whatever. I think it was called the Vibranium Vendetta. Really? Yeah. And it was it was like two of the Spider-Man annuals and Iron Man, maybe the three Spider-Man books at the time and Iron Man. Um, yes. And they were great. And then one year there was like a, a, a four part, a three part storyline where Spider-Man accidentally, accidentally gets shrunk into the microverse. It was amazing. Spider-Man annual 25, Peter Parker, spectacular Spider-Man annual 11 and web of Spider-Man annual number seven. But both Black Panther and Iron Man were in there. Oh, Iron Man. Oh, so it was only three part story, three part storyline running through Marvel's 1991 annuals. Well, there you go. It took place entirely through annuals. With a cover date of September 1991. 1991, yes. Because I remember getting that annual and also the latest issue of the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> off the rack on a road trip. I was like, God damn, these are good comics. Yeah, man. That's when annuals <laughs> were cool. Annuals aren't cool anymore. And he brings up another point with like Miss Marvel, where he was talking about how he loved that book and he actually didn't buy the tie-in. Now, Marvel, from their point of view, they see a book like Miss Marvel, which is beloved and is very well written, but it's not. The sales numbers are not huge. And their thinking is, we'll make it a tie-in, and that's going to boost those sales numbers for all these jerks that aren't reading it, right? But it also has an adverse effect for the people that right. definitely love the book and go, ugh, seriously? I'm doing this? And I realize this was easy for me. This is easy for me to say because I was getting to read those comics for nothing, but uh, I just, I, the idea of dropping a book for three or four months because it gets sucked into a tie-in is so like contrary to how I used to feel as a yeah, collector. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I, I kicked the collector mentality, so I don't have that anymore and I get it, but they're definitely playing on those heartstrings. But yeah, I just like, I can't imagine just like not buying a right. book that I love for three months just because it's an Italian. And but again, I think everybody from, collects from their perspective. They're like, well, they're yeah. going to keep buying it. Yeah. It's only two. Everybody, issues. everybody reads differently. Right. Because I mean, even when there were tie-ins, like it's still an issue of Ms. Marvel, you know, yeah. even though it might have to address some stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's just me. But everybody, everybody uh, collects and reads differently. So guys, uh, just so you know, whenever we record this, we're going to be on the forums as well. And I'll have the shout box open up if you want to shout at us or shout a question or shout. I'm trying to call and nothing's happening. You can do that. Go to twoheadednerd.com, Click on the forums at the bottom of the forums. You will see the shout box. You've got to be logged in to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to say guest. So that's no good. We want to know who you are. Thank you, Jimmy. Good discussion. Always good to hear from you. Let's go to Jason Sexier, our boy up in the Pacific Northwest. We love this. Oh, guy. hey, uh, that guy whose work you were bad mouthing earlier, mm-hmm. Heath Corson. Yeah. Uh, favorited our tweet when I announced that we were going live for this episode of oh, THN Cover so to Cover. Listening. <laughs> so um, I like a lot of what he did. I just didn't care for that movie. He's if he I hope he's a tough guy. You gotta have you know tough skin to put anything out there. It's People just, bad mouth I, my music I, and my food. I, yes, I deal I, with it. I'm just saying that like maybe when you are giving a negative review. You can maybe think about it a little that's bit not more how it works. carefully than like that movie was fucking awful. We have to be open and honest here. Okay. That's why people come to this show. All right. Sure. For our open, honest, uninformed opinions. Yeah, There you go. You <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Take it away. Sexier. Hey guys, welcome back. Yeah. Sex here. 
Hate to be all sentimental, but I miss the regular THN and especially question of the week. Hey, Lord Stephen and Anthony and Brian Domingo and all here. the rest of you. So you're asking about tie-ins, or as I like to call them, fucking tie-ins, because they mess <laughs> every damn thing up in every comic they tie into. Good titles get trapped in tie-in hell, and bad titles are rendered essential because of the stupidity. Tie-ins have mostly sucked since they were introduced. Secret Wars had decent tie-ins. Secret Wars 2 did not. Crisis on Infinite Earths? Frankly a mess. Yeah. Millennium? A catastrophe. Yes. Unity Rock the Valiant Universe? 1995's Extreme Sacrifice was extremely silly, but the same year's DC Underworld Unleashed was regrettable. More recently, Secret Invasion was nigh unreadable. Final Crisis had its moments. Convergence was an enormous letdown. Civil War II has mostly been awful. So just tell me a good story in 22 pages. Leave it at that. I don't want to buy 20 books in order to read a big, stupid story. Welcome back, guys. You know what? Sexier would be the guy to ask this. Because he's a bit of a comic historian. He wrote stuff for Comics Bulletin. Very heady guy. He's written. He's something of a comic historian. <laughs> yeah. He is literally he, a he comic literally historian. A comic historian. We go to him when we want to know stuff. Yes. But I wonder if this is just like a product of the last 10, 15 years. Well, you know, 30 years. Secret Wars was probably the start of it. Was it? You think it was the first one? That was yeah. my question. What was the first one that really like bled it out? It was Secret Wars. Was it Secret yeah. Wars? Secret Wars was a comic book prompted by the existence of a toy line. Right. Hasbro or whoever it was. Like I was just reading about this the other day. Uh, Hasbro or whatever company it was that made the toys. Right. Came to Marvel and was like. We're going to do this. These superhero toys. We're going to give them all shields we with have, their secret identities. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Why? We, we have all of these. We have all of these like notes about what we want the characters to be like. Like Dr. Doom looks too medieval. Right. Which is why Dr. Doom got that sexed up new fancy armor in Secret Wars. Yep. The name. See, even the name Secret Wars was like uh, focus groups say the kids respond well to the war. Literally the individual words secret and war. <laughs> and that's why the event is called Secret Wars. Marvel's sex addiction. Right. Whoa, I'm reading that. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was a comic book born out of committee to sell toys. Like, literally, that's why Secret Wars exists. And Fair people enough. love that book from their childhood. Yeah. Uh, I loved it, too. Go back. It's kind of unreal. It's not unreadable. It's it, not uh, it doesn't hold up, but it's not great. First big marketing push comic book crossover. Fair enough. And from there then on, it was like, oh, we can sell a lot of books if we yeah. do this big thing and put that logo on all the all the comics. I mean, for as much as we bitch about it, like we said, we looked at the December top three hundred comics. IVX was number two. On the most ordered I don't comments. get it. Man. I don't get it either. We should say, whenever we quote these numbers, that does not translate straight to sales. That is It's retailers. numbers sold to retailers. Right. Retailers ordering that book. So as much as we badmouth them, they still fucking sell. Every right. damn time. They I still mean, sell. they'd stop doing them if they weren't popular. Yeah. Civil War II, I agree. It's not good. No, I hated it. It is not good. Yeah. It, it, it was just out of character. It was forced. I don't understand how they could have done this twice. They they literally did it twice. They created two different storylines yeah. where one character is definitely 100% absolutely wrong. Yeah. And play it like maybe he's right. 
maybe Iron Man's got a point. But not just maybe that. Maybe we should sell all our secrets to the government. Half of the Marvel Universe goes, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and in Civil War Two, That makes sense. Half of Let's the Marvel Universe. Let's all do stuff yeah. that's completely irredeemable right. to prove our point. And then afterwards, we'll go, oh, man, what were we thinking? Right. Captain Marvel says, maybe punishing <laughs> thought crimes is a good idea. <laughs> right. Let's hook this poor bastard up to our future machine yeah. <laughs> and start arresting people we'll minority go, report we'll go style. shoot the Hulk in the head just in case. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> just murder him. No, no. And then they have the audacity to try to make a case for that sort of bullshit. And it's not a defensible position. Right. Well, and I think shooting the Hulk in the head is the perfect example. Well, and that wasn't even Captain Marvel. That, no, they no, no. wrote that off as like Bruce Banner asked Hawkeye to do it. Regardless, fine. I'll buy that Bruce Banner came to Hawkeye because Bruce Banner is a depressed guy. He's had all kinds of emotional issues. I'll accept that. Bruce Banner comes to Hawkeye and says, look, if you see it coming, kill me. Don't mess around. Kill me. I'm afraid of what's going to happen next time. But I see Hawkeye going, fuck no. Right. I don't do that. We had this conversation, I think, on yes. the show. You asked Hawkeye, Deadpool to do right. that. Hawkeye, you asked Wolverine to do that. Sure. You know? Right. Maybe you don't ask. Well, yeah, ask old man Logan. He wants to kill you anyway. I mean, sure. come on. <laughs> like, you don't know. You don't know one other sniper. Right. In the Marvel Universe. Like, I understand Wolverine can't do it. Hawkeye? To have somebody close up, it would be impossible. Right. Get a message to Bullseye. Right. There's your Bullseye Hire story. Him. Hire yeah. Bullseye. There is your Bullseye story that I want to read. Right. That would be awesome. Uh, but yes, yeah, the 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 Avenger that would rather divorce his wife, right, than let her stay on the team because she let her rapist fall to his death. Yeah. Uh, is the guy that shows the, the Hulk. Murders mercy, the Hulk. Kill, mercy kills the Hulk. Not a mercy kill. No, not a mercy murder. Yeah, right. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. It's so good to hear from you again. We're glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, you got us all worked up there. <laughs> that was good. That was great. And Jason, let us know. Secret Wars is the very first one. Is there one before that that we're missing? Because prior to that, comic book events, yeah. you know, as we know them, weren't really a thing. The closest thing I can think of was uh, Marvel's Contest of Champions. That was a self-contained event that ran, you know, three or four issues. I can't even remember a DC event prior to Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, like a company wide. No. Yeah, Harvey Locust, he's a local boy. We love him. You'll love him too. There's a story of a man named Harvey Whoa. <laughs> who was reading some books all on his own. This falls under parody. You can't sue and us for this. One day came along the blackest night. And he realized he wasn't all alone. Oh, wow. Till the one day when Black as Night was over. And the books he was reading were suddenly gone. I know this might have some copyright infringement. But please listen to my song. All right. That's all I got. But okay. thank you, good. folks. <laughs> all right. There was, there's a couple of books. A lot of books that I was reading back in the day that kind of disappeared at the beginning, middle, end of Blackest Night. And it really sucked for me, but I also fell into Blackest Night, which I love. I love Blackest Night. I just don't love the end, and that's the way I think most of us feel about events. We love events. We just don't love the ends. Because how can they really end, honestly? So I am I'm an event collector. I um I probably admit this on the show before, but since this is a new show and this is the first time I've ever drunk on this show, 
cover to cover. <laughs> Cheers. At least he's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to say that. That's my answer. I love crossovers. I do because they introduce me to a lot of other stuff that I'm not reading. But also, on the other hand, they kind of end up killing books that I love. So, eh, peace. So it's a toss up. Let's talk about that for a second. He brings up the point. Tie-ins or crossovers are events that we loved that ended poorly. Well, a lot of events have a hard time sticking the land. Yeah. Well, a lot a couple. of them. Oh, what was the Matt Fraction one that he wrote at Marvel? Fear Itself. Fear Itself. Yeah. Started really strong. See, that's the thing is that... I thought it started strong and then just wandered into garbage. I, it's rare that I will be all the way up to the end of an event enthusiastic and then suddenly yeah. disappointed. When an event fizzles out, I usually... It starts to fizzle out at the halfway point, right? Final Crisis, for example. Final Crisis. God, that was a perfect example. Uh, they were like, all right, we tied up that mess. Woo! It's all over. Oh, wait! There's a giant monster planet here? And it's a vampire? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was a, what? It was a monitor, a vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Fear Itself, Original Sin, which I thought was a, a neat idea in theory. Like, oh, the Watcher's secrets are being spilled. Yeah. And what are the consequences? And then it's like, wait, Nick Fury is the villain? And we still don't and know And now what he's he just gone? He's we, fucking gone? Yeah. Ugh. And we still don't know what he said. I we know. We still don't know what he said to Thor. Four issues deep of Unworthy Thor. I'm just waiting for Thor to tell us what happened. Yeah. And he hasn't done it yet. No. I love that book, though. Unworthy it's Thor so is so good. good. And everybody that's bitching about, like, oh, this is a female Thor. We need that story to get to this Unworthy Thor story. And this Unworthy Thor story is some of the best Thor shit I've oh, yeah. in a long time. Thor, Beta Ray Bill, Ugh. Thor's goat. And Loki's old talking dog. Yes. <laughs> Thor, fighting the collector. Thor's it's got an axe. Genius. Thor's got a robot arm. It's awesome. <laughs> Not a robot arm. It's an arm made of Uru. I know, but I call every fake arm a robot arm. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. A, a robot arm. Not, yeah, a robot legs or whatever. But events, they, they make all these grand promises, and it's just really hard for them to deliver in a satisfying way because yeah. the hype is so huge that they can't help but be disappointing. Okay, what about a couple that did end well? I thought I liked House of M. I think House of M is a good event. Really? Yes. I liked it. I just don't remember liking that ending. You don't even remember the ending. I don't you remember just everybody bitching that they. Midair. I remember everybody bitching that they spread it out into eight issues and nothing happened in the last three. Because it was. Supposed I mean, to be, it's been a, it's been a while since it I was read supposed it. to be six, and they extended it to eight, and like nothing happened in House of M seven and eight. You're making that up. No, I totally remember yeah, this. You're making that. I'm you're making, making that up. up. I'm not making it up. Yes, you are. I hate you. Why are you doing this on the radio? <laughs> I thought Secret Wars ended. I thought Secret Wars had a decent ending. Oh, one that didn't stick the ending. Uh, Batman R.I.P. Remember that? But our, Batman R.I.P. One could argue was never supposed to be about Batman dying. I, pff, shut up. It's For real. Called, it's called Batman R.I.P. So what? It's basically called Batman Dies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it hooks you. Right. And Grant Morrison. No. Graham Morrison said, "Yeah, that's right. He did that say that, didn't he?" Dan DiDio at the at the same time Batman R.I.P. was winding down, Final Crisis was ramping up, yes. and Dan DiDio came in and was like, "Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, we're killing Batman!" <laughs> Shut up. We got a call. Enough, right, of, enough of that. Caller, you are on the air with Matt and Joe and THN cover to cover. Who the hell is this? Crowdy and Cody. Crowdy and Cody. Yeah. We've been answering your. Question of the week all day today. How are you, sir? 
good. How are you guys? Well, we're doing well. What do you want to talk about? Let's wrap. Uh, so Valiant is doing this event called Rapture, mm-hmm. and I am super hyped about it because they described it as Lord of the Rings. And so I've been reading. I haven't been reading Valiant since like Bloodshot did the Analog Man thing. Okay. What would be a good series for me to pick up to get back into Valiant? Ooh, to get back into Valiant. Wow. Yeah. That's a rough one. Guys, wait for Rapture. Well, the good thing about Valiant events is they definitely set them up. There's always like an opening issue, right? It's like a zero issue or something that sets up where these characters are that are going into it. They make it very accessible, which is, it seems like Valiant is not accessible at all because the continuity is so heavy, but it actually, they do a really good job of it. I would say Rapture, I think is going to center around Eternal Warrior and... It's Shadow Man and Ninjak. Oh, is it Shadow Man and Ninjak? Yeah. The Eternal Warrior's in there, though. He's a big part of the story, I think. But regardless, you really don't need to jump in and start reading those series from the beginning. I would say start with Rapture and watch where it goes with those characters afterwards, because after all of these huge events, they gently reintroduce their books from where it is after the event. So they're all kind of jumping on points. It's brilliant. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then I'll probably just do that then. Yeah. Uh, well, see, oh. and I, and I actually think that you can ease yourself into, into Valiant with the divinity series that are going on right now. Oh, definitely. They're, uh, they're currently on the third mini series. There have been two previous four issue minis, uh, divinity. I read the first one. Yep. I loved it. Oh, uh, so good. So divinity two, and then now they're in divinity three. Um, and you don't need to know anything about Valiant to read and enjoy Divinity because the characters are the characters that might be there, but really it's all centered around these cosmonauts and everything you need to know about them is right there in those books. Yeah. And in the current series, the Divinity Three, they're living in an alternate world where uh, they came home and uh, and used their power to allow Russia to become the sole superpower on Earth. And so you've got these communist versions of Bloodshot oh, and man. Shadow Man. I gotta catch up. I haven't read this the yet. Eternal, um, not the Eternal Warrior, Exo Manowar right. running around. And it's awesome. It's awesome. And uh, like Ninjak is the main antagonist, really. He's the hero of the piece because he's like the only one that remembers that things are not the way they're supposed to be. Uh, it's so good. And you don't have to have followed any of the other books other than the Divinity books to enjoy it. I will tell you, if you want to do the hard work and really dig in, Harbinger and Exo Manowar. Go back to the beginning. Start there. It will because they literally introduced almost everything in the Valiant universe through those two books. There and they're yeah, wonderful. About half those series oh. and yeah, they were they were so good. They are it's so. Just, good. I haven't I've been out of Valiant for so long, and I, I really want to get back into it. You should. It's wonderful. Oh, we got to let you go though. Thank you, Crawdad Cody. I got another call coming in. All right, thank you guys. Have a good one. See you, buddy. It's our resident pokey trainer. Jeffrey, got to catch them all. Jeffrey, you're on the air. THN, cover the cover, live with Joe and Matt. What do you want to talk about, brother? I heard we're talking about comic events. We're talking about comic events. Let me preface this with, I only read Marvel as far as the big two. I am not a DC guy. Okay. And I only read Marvel through the Marvel Unlimited app, so I'm about six months behind. That's fun, so though. I'm it's like you now, live in a like, time warp. <laughs> I know. I'm like two. I'm two weeks into Civil War two. Let me put it that way. Okay. So this is like the lake house. I, You're putting love letters in the mailbox, and we're finding them six months later. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Which gives me a unique perspective on the comic event. Yeah. But my thing is, is I think it's a double edged sword. 
I think the the publishers have to do them, but people complain about them. But if they don't do them, then we lose the one thing that makes superhero comics unique over any other comic, which is that shared universe. I mean, if you don't have an event every once in a while where everyone gets together and beats up on a big bad guy, then how do you have you know Captain Marvel and Iron Man existing in the same place without you know, conflicting stories. Or maybe not even how, but why, why do you have them living in the same universe? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, but I think a lot of, you know, as far as event fatigue and everything going on with, I think it's a lot of excuse for people to, you know, well, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of people shit on Marvel lately, taking advantage of that mature rating right now. (laughs) I don't quite understand all the Marvel hate. You know, I listened to another podcast recently, you know, just, begged on civil war two is pointless and didn't make sense. And I don't know if the story's not good, then the story's not good, but you know, to, to, to pick on it and, you know, say things like it doesn't matter. I don't quite get that, but well, everyone Jeff, has their own opinion. Let me ask you, what did you think of civil war two? Where do you come down? With? Well, he's only two issues in so far. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, so far. Um, I, I think it's interesting and I think it's very telling that they're very, it's they're very aware that this is the second one. Yes. So it plays a lot off of the first one. And I think, especially in Tony Stark's point of view, because he's very much present pressure of where he stood in the last one. And he's consciously making a different stance. He, he is learning from his mistakes in the past. I don't disagree with that. And at I all. like that part of it. I don't disagree I like with that, that part of it. Now, what do you think about Miss Marvel being on the other side though? Like Captain Marvel, pardon uh, me, Captain Marvel being totally pro thought crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that what they're showing there is uh, the, the weight of you know because she's taken on a lot, and I didn't even realize it until I heard them you know until I heard someone kind of giving the Cliff Notes version of Civil War Two to some people that didn't hadn't read any any of it lately, you know, and she's taken on. I mean, she's the new. Maria Hill, Nick Fury, Captain America, all rolled in one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the weight of that, you know, crunching down on them, and also the fact that the Ultimates have basically turned themselves into the new Illuminati. Why they don't call that book Illuminati, I don't know. It's just stupid to call (laughs) the Ultimates. It should have just been Avengers Illuminati or something. You know? Yeah, well, I think they didn't call it Illuminati because you didn't have Black Bolt you know, uh, Dr. Strange, you know, the original Illuminati. Yeah, but those guys are all fired. They screwed it up so bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, no, you're not the Illuminati. You're the ruiners or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, Jeff- uh, yeah. So as far as that's concerned, I mean, yeah, Civil War two is definitely a good follow-up to the, to the first one. As far as events in general, like I said, it's the shared universe. They're going to get together eventually. Fair enough. So I have some thoughts about what you're saying that I'm going to save them for when you are no longer listening. Cause I don't want to spoil the book for you. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. We don't want to shame proof. you in person, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Spoiler proof. All right. All right. He says so, he's spoiler proof. All right. All right. Hit fine. Him. Hit him. So <clears throat> I think that uh, something like civil war where the idea that one character would be okay with essentially racial profiling taken to like the infinite degree. Yeah. Right. By saying, like, this person might do this thing someday. Let's put them in jail right now. Right. Uh, 
you know, I think that maybe you can have some interesting conversations about that. Well, but the other side of that is it's not just that this person might do something. They have a guy that has been looking into the future and seeing them doing things. Yes, but and if, he's been right. Okay, but if there's anything that Marvel has spent 50 years of course. training me, of course. it's that the future, whatever future you think you've seen is meaningless. Of course. Uh, because well, and the, I mean, Tony Stark lays it out real simply almost in the first issue. He's like, you know, they, they said, well, he saw the celestial coming and destroying the world. And he says, yeah, but we stopped him. So right. that, that future didn't happen. So yeah. We've proven that the future is not concrete. It's not it's it's not immutable. Right. Right. And so I think that like you could have had the potential to have some have these characters have some interesting conversations about that. But because it's an event because it's a yeah. big blockbuster event book. Right. You can't have it end with Tony Stark convincing Ms. Captain Marvel that she's wrong. You have to end right. it with Captain Marvel punching Tony Stark's guts out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then thinking maybe I went about it the wrong way, but still thinking <laughs> yeah. she was right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's not until and that's not until we have Hawkeye kill Banner. Yeah, we yes. just talked about Spoilers. that too, which was just ridiculous. I think there's so and, many well, better I mean, ways to execute it. If you want to do Civil War two, I think you have to do it from the Inhuman standpoint because this kid well, is Inhuman, some, right? The Inhumans come yeah. and they do this, and it turns everybody against the Inhumans. And like, and but the Hawkeye. Sorry, no, go, no ahead. go ahead. Oh, the Hawkeye thing. I heard you know a real interesting take on that, which is it's a veiled commentary on the Black Lives Matter. Whoa. What? <laughs> well, well, it's, it's the whole discussion of I saw his eyes turn green. He was going to turn. Oh, sure, oh, right, oh, yeah. He okay. reached for he reached into his coat. Yeah, more like a stand your ground. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Type thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 right. It was it was that kind of thing. And he so, made I mean, a furtive gesture. I, yeah, and it was just like, well, yeah, that's kind of an interesting way of putting it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just wish it was somebody else that pulled the trigger because that's so yeah. out of Hawkeye's and, character and like. So, but then, like, even if they are making that point, that totally makes Hawkeye the uh, reactionary cop that should have immediately been fired and tried for murder. Right? You know. <laughs> well, I guess well, he, he did get tried tra- he did get tried for he murder. He did get tried for murder. Right. Um, I'm just saying, like we said earlier, and you, uh, you couldn't have heard it because we're live. Hire Bullseye to do that. Hire a bad guy to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's what Bruce should have done rather than be like, hey, well, I'm going to get a friend of mine to do it. It's going to split everybody right down the middle and really upset the whole Marvel Universe. Just get a bad guy to do it. This is what bad guys do. And then put bad yeah, guy I mean, on trial you, and have him be you, like, he paid me to do it. Bruce came to me and yeah, said, but how do you count me. on a? But he didn't have him do it. He didn't tell him to do it then. No. This was something he did years ago and said, hang on to this if you ever need it. Right. It's like it's like. It's like Superman entrusting Bruce Wayne with the kryptonite ring. Yeah, sure. And then Bruce Wayne <laughs> driving it into Superman's eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> Not just stopping him, but murdering the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, I just think I think that you can have it one of two ways. You can have a thought-provoking story that is an allegory for real-world events and real, you know, philosophical issues. Or you can have a blockbuster Michael Bay style event where right. Iron Man wears a giant suit of armor and then punches his best friend in the face for eight issues. Right. Um, you can't yeah. do both. <laughs> punches his best and friend tried. in the face and for eight Yeah, they tried and split the middle. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Jeffrey, thank you for your call. That was great. That was great, man. No problem. Thanks. Welcome back, guys. I appreciate See it. You, Thanks, buddy. buddy. 
So a defense of Civil War II sure. there. And I mean, hey, he's two issues in. We'll see how he feels two in issues six in. more yeah. issues. I honestly, I think they just missed the boat so badly without, yeah. if this is your Inhumans thing, this is what you do. This right. is where you, the Inhumans come. They go, look, we don't play by your rules. We're not in your groups and stuff. We have a guy who sees the future. He says the world's going to end. We're going to kill yeah, the Hulk. Like essentially an this. alien culture yes. says we have a, an oracle. Yes. And here's what we're going to do about it. And you it. can have a few of and the Marvel you heroes. you have the Marvel universe unite against them. Right. Or you have a few of the Marvel heroes like Johnny Storm, who's kind of like close to the Inhumans right now, being like, hey, they're not wrong. I, I've seen this kid, what he can do. And you've got a few of the heroes across the line and everything. But then you have, obviously, Captain Marvel, Tony Stark, Captain America. They are on the same side going, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've been down this road. Right. We had this big fight, remember? Right. And it, it did not turn out well. And have them... Counseling the Inhumans, who really had nothing to do with the first Civil War. They did show up for a tie-in. It was terrible. I have no memory. There was a quick tie-in. That's when they were relaunching them once again. Yeah. It was bad. Jeff, thank you. And thank you to Harvey for uh, sending in his MP3. We didn't get a chance to say thanks. Uh, Jeff called. But, uh, yeah. Let's go to our final MP3. Our final MP3. Hey, look. New guy? I think it might be a new guy. I think it's a new guy. Hello, Joe and Matt. This is Shane from Ireland. Hey. Yes, Ireland, the green, green land far across the ocean. No, that's, a different, far, that's a different country. Far from Omaha. <laughs> um, I've been a long-time listener since almost the beginning, but uh, as that was almost uh, just about the time I started reading comics, I never felt that I had the, the comics knowledge uh, required to... Uh, debate with you fine nerds. <laughs> and so uh, I usually just uh, kept myself listening. But now that rebirth has happened, the two had a nerd rebirth. I just, I had to get in there. I had to offer my two cents. Um, so uh, enough about me and more about the question of the week. Tie-ins. What is the story with them? Well, first thing I got to say is I'm a sucker for them. I will buy every single issue. I mean, Civil War II, well, we got that I've guy. got every single issue. <laughs> and then you know what it comes down to with every event, every tie-in? Uh, some are always great, a few are terrible, and most are usually in the middle. And the ones that are great and the ones that are in the middle, you know, it's fine. I don't mind. I spent my money on them. It's okay. Uh, but despite the proliferation of the terrible ones, why do we keep doing it? Well, I guess it just comes down to fear of missing out. Uh, comics are our stories sure. comics are how we understand ourselves understand others how we understand the world and if you hear somebody if I hear you guys talking about an event if I see the hype everywhere on the internet if I'm even reading a comic and the event gets mentioned then I feel like I need that story the story is incomplete unless I know about it my story is incomplete I've just that's how they get you that's how they get you I think, though, the best comment about uh, tie-ins came from an interview I heard with Tom Brevoort, who said, when you stop buying them, we'll stop making them. Fair enough. All right. Shane out. The two-headed nerd is dead. Long live the two-headed nerd. <laughs> Welcome our, aboard, Shane. Our only Irish listener. That's probably not true. Well, I'm just going to say that until more Irish people call in. Okay. See, that's how we get them. Just like he was talking about. Shane, there's a term for this in for wrestling fans. It's called a smark. And what a smart is, it's a smart fan who sees the writers working, but still buys. Yeah, you know what they're doing to you, but yeah. you go in with it anyway. Yeah, you are a smart mark. That's what you are, Shane. You are the opposite of Jim Kettnerd. 
who yeah. was saying earlier, like I dropped Miss Marvel because it went into this Inhumans tie-in that I don't give a shit about. And you are aware that it's happening, but you've got to do it because you don't want to miss out. That is exactly what they're banking on. I'm not saying either it's one. It's not is, wrong. Yeah, I'm yeah, not it's saying. Not, yeah, it's certainly not. Either wrong one is wrong or right, and he's right. As long as you guys keep buying them, they will keep printing. Them. I was like that for. Oh, I was too. 30 years of reading comics. I was too. And honestly, I use this show as an excuse to read a lot of tie-ins. Yeah. Because I would, uh, otherwise I'd never pick them up. I just wouldn't. Right. But when I go, well, I got to review this, uh, you know, Black Panther tie-in to whatever, or see what's going on in the pages of Sleepwalker. (laughs) Oh, Black Panther tie-in to Secret Invasion is like the best tie-in. It was amazing. One of the best tie-in to that That series. That was so good. The scrolls were kicking everybody's butts and they came to Wakanda. Didn't turn out well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I totally agree, and and you're 100 percent right. And and fear of missing out is a real thing. Yeah, uh, in a lot of different things, not just comics. And I like still to this day, even though I haven't actually collected comics in a number of years, I still sometimes feel real anxiety. Yeah, when I am way behind on something that I feel like I should be reading. Like, do you know how hard it is for me to not just stop everything I'm doing and read every single DC comic? Yeah. Even the ones that I know I'll hate just because I really like what they're doing uh, with DC rebirth. Same with event tie-ins. Well, not just that. I mean, like we took a, we took a break to retool the show. And in that time, of course, every week, a million things happens in comics. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how the hell am I going to go back to reviewing some of this stuff? Right. I haven't paid anything any attention to ivx i have no clue what's going on there and like lots of fish in the sea yeah i mean there is but it's ridiculous i'm even having that thought yeah that is the collector mentality that i used to have i'm like gotta get it all buy all of it you know (laughs) right and like i still feel it i still feel it and it's it's very difficult for me to say you know what i don't have to read right all these books i don't have to read Red Hood and the Outlaws. I don't have to read. But if you can, and if you have the disposable income and it brings joy to your life, do it. There's nothing wrong with doing it. No. It's just, but you're 100% right on with the cause of it. I'll be perfectly honest. Comic books probably saved me from a life of hardcore drug addiction and alcoholism because growing up, I was spending way more money on comics than anything else in my life. Yes, I drank a little too much and I enjoy recreational drugs, but... (laughs) High functioning addict. Okay, I'll say that. Comics, Thanks, saved me comics. From, comics saved me from being a low functioning <laughs> drug and alcohol addict. Shane, thank you for that call. That was great. I had the best time. This was so awesome. Most of you called in to talk about question of the week. That's fine. Don't be afraid to call, send an MP3, leave us a message, and talk about anything though legion premiered this week i loved it oh it's so good it was amazing yeah. and casey was like that was really good i have no idea what just happened that's okay <laughs> nobody knows yeah what happened. it's like legion's crazy man that's how it goes they didn't mention professor x they didn't mention the x-men not a word they said the word mutant a couple times that i don't was know it. if legion even knows who he is or if he even is professor x's kid in this. yes we don't know and yet. in fact i don't think that i don't know if comic book legion knew who his dad was for he didn't a at while. first he didn't at first yeah. you found out later where they like called they're like we need to call professor x to help this kid and moira mctaggart was like okay let's call him and they're like what's moira, the problem moira's and she, not his mom though no 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 but she was taking care of him oh and he was like well who is who is this person and then she's like it's your son and he was like ah crap oh, this man. again <laughs> Fuck. yeah that fucking kid just like when my kids call me and i'm like ah i'm busy <laughs> 
I'm not a day-to-day kind of dad, you know? <laughs> Great, it's your birthday. Leave me alone, you know? <laughs> Again, you can reach us at 402-819-4894. That is Google Voice Line. It is open all the time. If we don't answer it, leave us a message. You can send us an MP3 to 2 nerd at gmail.com. Keep that MP3 and keep your voicemail south of two minutes so we can share the air. You want to call in? As you see, we'll let you rap until we get bored of you and then we'll hang up on you. That's how it goes. Yeah, it was great. And uh, we'll, it will only get better at wrangling all the various bits and pieces as we go. Give us your feedback, though. Head over to the Two Edited Nerd forums. You're going to find a forum post under the show discussion. It will be called Cover to Cover. It's already up there. Someone is viewing it right now. But we want to know what you thought of the first show. Should we do it different? Are we screwing it up? Are we nailing it? Tell us what we're doing. Tell us how we're doing, not what we're doing. Yeah, we know what we're doing. Tell us how to do what we're doing. (laughs) Won't somebody please tell us how to do what we're doing? Next week, we'll be back with the regular show, the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. Until next time, True Believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Bye.